Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As I've been talking about most of this offseason, the Chicago Bulls improved in the margins, looking to improve their three-point shooting, one of their biggest Achilles heels last season. But I'm going to talk about today and one of the positions the Chicago Bulls are thinnest at and why for the third year in a row will not be able to withstand a major injury to this position. We're going to talk about that, plus dive into the mailbag, all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And first up, we're going to be talking about the position that I feel like the Bulls are now for the third year in a row continue to be thin at, and that is the center position. Now, last season, the Bulls were rewarded and fairly, uh, well, frankly, Pretty lucky in the fact that Nikola Vucevic was able to play all 82 games last season. And, you know, that's something that is not sustainable. Let's just be real. It's not something that's sustainable. It's not something that you can bet on. It's not something that usually happens in the NBA. Me and Pat talk a lot about the fact that if you play about 65 to 75 to 70 uh, games or more, that's basically a full season now in the NBA, especially when you look at Nikola Vucevic, who has had relative health most of the season. He has multiple 70 plus games played and so while you know Nikola Vucevic has been a pretty durable center over the course of his NBA career once again the Chicago Bulls are maintained to be thin at that center position only having true two true centers on their roster in Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond and so you know that again is one of the positions that the Bulls are just going to go into this season with with the expectations that they're going to be a little bit thinner. Now, Andre Drummond, we know that he's more than a serviceable center. He's a pretty damn good center. He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to play solid defense. Some of those rebounds are going to be off his own misses, but nonetheless, he's going to get you those rebounds, right? And uh, Andre Drummond, over the course of his NBA career, especially the last five years or more, keep in mind, last year for the Chicago Bulls, Andre Drummond played 67 games. And out of that, that was the most games that he's played for a team since the 2018-19 season. So, you know, I don't want to, and I'm not by any stretch of this imagination, trying to wish injury on anyone. But the fact of the matter is this, is that the Bulls, once again, are going to be thin at the same position that they have been thin at now for a while. Now, one could say, knowing that Billy Donovan, I like I've said before, expect to see some Torrey Craig at small ball center, hell, maybe even some Patrick Williams at small ball center. If Julian Phillips does get off the bench, probably going to be at the center position so there we're not going to be we're going to have bodies that Billy Donovan can throw at the center position and considering that depending on the team and the matchup that we have it could vary the, the the degree of success that we have they're playing a little bit smaller but the fact of the matter remains is that not even like even bringing uh signing Terry Taylor to that last roster spot right Terry Taylor is somebody who's 6-4 and is projected to play power forward more than any other position if he does get out in the court the Bulls, once again, are going to lack size. Now, you guys know, I look at Patrick Williams, I look at Torrey Craig, they're perfectly fine being being power forwards, have no issue with that. Yes, both of them can play the three as well, depending on the lineup and matchup. But once again, the Bulls just don't have a lot of a lot of size and, and depth at the center position. And so, 
you know, we'll see what happens with that. I I, I just want to point that out there once again, and that may be just kind of how we're seeing the NBA go. That may be to just Billy Donovan's coaching style, and all that's fine and dandy, but just something that I noticed in that once again, while we're extremely guard-heavy, we have no problems with guards all throughout this roster, and some of our guards are even going to play that three position, but when it comes down to – the, the center position, right? And I'm not even just talking about Cy. I know a lot of people, they focus on center and be like, well, we have no seven-footers. I don't care. I don't give a damn if they're 6'9", if they're able to play center, if they played center for the most part of the career. Like Adama Sinago is going to be a center at the NBA level, and that's perfectly fine. And that may be where that depth comes in at, right? So do not be surprised if that if, again, knock on wood, any injuries to Andre Drummond, major injuries, or, or to Nikola Vucevic that keeps them out for a handful of games or more, we may see a call-up by Adama Sinago if he proves to be ready. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, continue to monitor that. But, again, it's just something that's interesting to me that, once again, we go into being thin at that center position for the third year in a row. But, with that being said, I also want to talk about something that I missed and didn't get to – well, I didn't miss it, I saw, but I didn't get to talk about it on an episode yet. The Chicago Bulls acquired two more guards, Quentin Jackson and Max uh, Hedegegger. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, so they signed to Exhibit 10 contracts. Now, the, the Exhibit 10 deals are very special deals in the NBA, right? So technically, they're one-year deals at the minimum. Um, but if they don't, they can be converted to two-way contracts. But we know the Bulls have given out all their two-way contracts. But they bring the benefit of if they do convert to G League contracts, right? Uh, they get a little, I think they get $50,000 extra dollars on that contract if they convert to G League contracts and they and they stay there. So that's pretty much what the Chicago Bulls have done is they, they've just worked a way to give um their the those two players that are on the Exhibit 10 deals a little bit extra money, right? And so, you know, we'll see. They just have to register at least 60 days with the G League team. So even if those deals move away, which they probably will, they're not going to be converted over to main roster spots, I highly doubt. Either one of those guys pass, maybe they pass Carleek, but pass up Terry Taylor or Carleek Jones. And because of that, I do think that this is just the Bulls' way of get, seeing two guys that they want in their system, working them in to get them a little bit extra money, but they're primarily going to be down with the Windy City Bulls, which keep in mind, I do want to keep pointing out that Chicago Bulls Central will be having weekly G League update videos, so you guys can stay tuned for that as well during the course of the season. G League schedule got released, so kind of I'm probably going to try to work it in as an extra video on Sundays, right, depending on what's happening with football and my Bears. But either way, you'll be getting one additional video a week where I'll just be going over the the, the whole week of the G League and what happened with how the Windy City Bulls pro, uh, produced and performed and what players kind of stood out. we got Ernalot Bidham, we got Justin Lewis, we got Adama Sanago down there who are definitely going to be players to watch. Wouldn't be surprised if um, Julian Phillips – or even um, Carly Jones does a couple of stints down there as well. So maybe even a little bit Dalen Terry. So make sure you guys tuned in for that G League coverage. But it's Sunday. So that means it's a mailbag day. And we got two voicemails for today. We're going to get into this first one. This one's from Casual Kelder. I'm going to make a confession here that I have been a little, maybe a lot too hard on Mr. Patrick Williams. Um, I've been doing you know some dives and looking at some things and uh, some research and uh, whatnot and here to for and I've kind of come to the conclusion that he's not going to be one of those guys who comes off as like an Anthony Edwards and all of a sudden, whoa, look at this guy. Or, you know, one of those guys that pops off the screen. What he's doing, he's doing a, going to do a slow development, but I think it's going to be a steady development for him. Um, what he did last year um, was actually better than I thought it was. Um, I think, well, for this year, I think what they need to do with him, and let me know if you agree with this, more um, motion, 
for him, like set plays where you tell him, you know, this is your job. You need to do this, okay? And I think he'll do it if you tell him to. He's very coachable. He's a good kid. He'll do what the coach says. If the coach says do this, he'll do it. So let's put some plays in and some options that make him move and be more aggressive. Um, Maybe he can rebound and crash more, you know, be more random. And the main thing, though, he has to do, which he did last year, he had flashes. But I think this year what he can do, and hopefully he does it, is more consistency. I know he had a lot of games where, like, he had, like, something like 16 points, okay, which is good. I mean, that's exactly what he should do. However, the next game, then he had, like, four. So the average is 10, but the way he gets to his average needs to be more consistent. I hope he can keep, you know, making steps. And I think, you know, by the time he's 27, 28, we're going to look back and say, okay, he did this, 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 and there's going to be a steady progression. And he's going to be, I think he could, you know, the star turn, um, it's still there, maybe. Um, he has potential. Um, but I think we're going to really enjoy him once he gets his consistency and his mindset. Um, let me know what you think. Much better take from Cat, and not just because I'm in agreement, right? I just think that when you look at, like, and he even says, you know, 20, 27 years old, we may look back. And you know, talk about Patrick Williams. And, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to be high on Pete Will, right? I think that what he's done in this game so far has lent a lot of people to 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 look at him and and doubt if he's going to hit that ceiling that we once saw and that this front office saw for Patrick Williams. And that's perfectly fine. It's up to him to show it. But I do think that if Pete Will had come into the situation, which most fourth overall picks do or lottery picks do, to where they're kind of they're able to be worked into the offense, worked into just the overall game plan, right? Pete Will has always been a complimentary piece every step of the way since he came to this team, and that's perfectly fine. But I do think that some of that development that comes with that or lack of development, uh, developmental opportunities and reps has harpened some of Pete Will's growth, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Pete Will has a point, point forward type potential, but he's not really able to do that because we have very ball-dominant players. Uh, he's not able to even uh, to run any offense, much less get a lot of plays called for him. But I do think that when I've always said it, right? I've gone to the stat when Pete Will gets ten or more uh, shot attempts per game, he averages something that's like fifty. It's dropped some last year. It was like coming in the season was like seventeen and eight, and now it's more. It's more around like fourteen, fifteen, and six, which is still really good, right? And it's just it would. It's always going to be an interesting thing to look back on and say, okay, where will P will be if he came to just a team that was extremely bad, didn't have many very many offensive options, and was just hey had to be a big part of that offense to start off their career. You know, it would have could have shit on that, but it's still up. I'm not going to abstain P will either at all because, like you said, Kelder, P will needs to understand how to go out and get his a little bit more in that in between game. Go after rebounds, get block shots, get out in transition, right? Attack people off the dribble when you have the better matchup, right? Things like that we want to see P. Will start adapting and working into his game this season. But P. Will's always found a way to affect the game just without scoring, right? And so we want to see him do the things that he does more consistently. I love the point that you ended on that. It's like, yeah, you average 10 points per game, but it's an average, right? So can you give us that every single night? Can you we look at P. Will and be somebody who's basically every night we're like, yeah, he's going to give us 10, 11 points tonight, right? And I understand that, but even more than that, like I say, P. Will, I don't want to take it down just to offense or points per game because P. Will has that type of game where he's able to impact it without needing to score, but we just want to see him do that more consistently. Like I said, get those rebounds, right? Get those block shots. Shut people down defensively. I, that Any any type of growth and just consistency from P. Will, that's mainly what I want to see from P. Will this, this season. And you guys can let me know what you think on that down below as well. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Ricky Fontaine. Yo. What's good, Hayes? This is Ricky Fontaine. 
I was just wondering if do you think that Pal Gasol and Joe Kim Noah was one of the most underrated big tandems ever? And also, do you think that the Bulls should use Nikolai Vucevic just like they use Pal Gasol and utilize him in that way? And don't get me wrong, I know Zach and Demario are the scorers, but I was just saying, like, if you look at how they used him in the in the FIBA games, like he was being used to his top ability. Anyway. Tell me what you think. Peace. All right. Were Noah and Pau Gasol underrated? Um, I do. I, I, I think so. Cause I, but I also think that they just didn't have long together. I think had they had a, a longer period of time, like, for example, at that time that, that Joe was playing with Carlos Boozer, let's say that time was with him and Pau Gasol as well. Like, I think that we would look at them as a very much so as a different duo. It was just a small sample size, unfortunately. But Pau Gasol and, and Joe Kim Noah could have been a really, really good long-term front court. Had we just the, the team been in a better place, had the Derrick Rose injury not happened, had we got Pau Gasol earlier, right? Things like that. So yeah, I do think that they were underrated. I think sometimes we just look at that whole kind of era of Bulls, right? Not that not, I guess that time period, right? Because the era is the Derrick Rose era. We look at that uh, very uh, positively, but overall that that period of time that we had Pau Gasol there, I think people forget Pau Gasol had one of his better seasons with us when he when he came and so he was here but he played a total of like 150 games for the Chicago Bulls something like that over the course of two seasons uh, he then left and went to San Antonio like had that time been still him here like maybe we will look at it differently but Powell was on the the back turn of his career it came off a Lakers team in which he won two titles with and shout out to him there but uh, you know I think when it comes down to why they may be a little bit underrated and kind of not remembered is that it just wasn't a long sample size with them. So, you know, that's what I think. Now, should Vooch be used more like Pau Gasol? That is a great question. I'll honestly say Vooch should be more used more like a combination of Joe Kim Noah and Pau Gasol because Vooch can operate and run that offense for me from, from down low. And Joe Kim Noah did a lot of that for the Chicago Bulls when he was here, right? A lot of facilitating. And so I definitely think that Powell could be used like, I mean, uh, that Vooch could be used a little bit more like that on the offensive side of the ball, but then also for his own offense. Yeah, he could be used a lot like Powell Gasol, right? I think overall, like what I want to see from Vooch this season and from Billy Donovan is just utilize Powell more. I mean, I keep saying Powell now. Utilize Vooch more in the ways that that are strengths for his game, right? We saw it over in FIBA, right? Those type of things. He still has that in him. The Orlando Vooch is still there. Let's be clear that it is still absolutely there. But, of course, he has to play a different role for this team, and he's adapted to this game a lot. And so let's hope that, you know, with another year of continuity, player utilization gets a little bit better, kind of what I said yesterday. And let's hope that uh, that uh, old Billy Donovan or Chris Fleming, whoever ends up running the, that offense, can 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 uh, utilize Vooch a little bit more this season, a little bit better this season, especially in, in late game and uh, second halves of games as well. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media.